tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Gentlemen, let the tournament begin. Wafu FM. It's time! Oh, the show! Gentlemen, it's week five. It's the final, final installment of Bruce Lee Month here on the Chris and Chris Show. I'm Chris with a C. And I'm Chris with a K. <laughs> I'm far too professional doing that intro for some reason. <laughs> I felt like I was on, like, fucking hospital radio or something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, End of the Dragon this week. The classic, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film. And it's a... It certainly is, yeah. Uh, but we've got nothing really to go over beforehand. Just got a quick thing. Uh, I promised I'd uh, give this a plug. If you're in the Liverpool area... In the UK. Uh, Christopher Brown of the Video Nasties podcast and the History Horror podcast is hosting the screen event of the Dragon at the small cinema venue in Liverpool. I mean, at short notice, because it's literally on the 30th, so... Mm, uh, yes. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the date goes up. Um, uh, you can find tickets at wegottickets.com forward slash event forward slash three two double four double two. So there you go. It's a really cool little venue. Like, really small and cosy. Looks awesome. Yeah. I think tickets are about four or five quid, so... Yeah, it's not too far from me. I was tempted late when I saw it, but mm. I, I don't know. We'll see. See what happens. See what happens. So, yeah, nothing else really, is there, before... No, not really. There's not even any sort of off-topic Bruce Lee news I wanted to mention, really. It's been, it's been a slow bit in the news, movie-wise. I did, literally, just before we came on here, uh, found the cover art for Where the Dragon and Big Boss put them on the Facebook page, so... Champion. If you want to see them for the tip, tip Blu-rays of uh, thingy, go to facebook.com forward slash wafu blog yeah, I'm looking forward to all these coming out and especially like Enter the Dragon and stuff uh, being released eventually and that because Enter the Dragon's already out so. um, is it not getting a, a new release or something though didn't I see uh, I don't think so it just came out on Blu-ray uh, like a year and a half ago was it mm. nah, I should get around to getting that because my DVD is well shit like you don't have it on Blu-ray that's Maui you partner yeah Mr. fucking I hate DVD quality doesn't have it on Blu-ray what the fuck's going on it was just sometimes I just can't be asked to replace all these films you know what I mean like I'll get around to them but I've got such a big collection I just think oh here we go again yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting, getting everything again all over. So I think when when the like the uh, where the dragon and big boss and all that start coming out, it'll probably prompt us to like you know get into the dragon I guess and finish that off. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, part of us wants to just buy them because mm. you know 
it's, I'm guessing if they do well, they'll release more Hong, Stung, Hong Kong stuff on Blu-ray. But part of us wants to hold off and see which transfer they've got because there's some Blu-rays that are great and some that aren't so hot. So yeah, of uh, Bruce Lee movies. So I'm not really. You know, I'll probably just I'll probably buy one first. Yeah, <laughs> if it's fine, then I'll get the rest. I don't know. I'm probably just. I think I, well, I think I've already got like the more pre-ordered so ones yeah. that are on Amazon and stuff. So. Mm. Box that can't be any worse than the DVDs, I guess. Well, I know they're always going to be better. It's just as long as they're not fucking, you know, uh, what do you call it? upscales of DVDs? Yeah, Which apparently Fortune Star give out to some Blu-ray companies sometimes. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's Fortune Star, the joke. But anyway, let's um, go on a journey to Hans Island. Are you ready, sir? Oh yes. <laughs> So as we covered last week, uh, Bruce Lee put the game of death on hold at the end of 1972 as the offer to star in End of the Dragon was made. Originally titled Blood and Steel, the film was the first Hong Kong US co-production, which is, uh, you know, it's a big deal. Bruce Lee, first big, big American movie, big Hong Kong US co-production. And according to Linda Lee, uh, Linda Lee Cadwell, sorry, uh, Lee made some changes to the original script, even though I looked at Wikipedia and it says, Bruce did not revise the script. And I'm like, I'm pretty fucking sure he did. Yeah, yeah, because... Uh there would have been things, inaccuracies, and mm. probably stereotypes as well, because we're still in the 70s. It's, you know, it's still a very stereotypical time for, for you know, Chinese people yeah. and stuff. I'm, I'm sure, uh, yeah, you know, you made it just more genuine as yeah. far as, like, you know, certain Chinese... Because I've read that some places, the original script kind of read like the writer had no fucking idea what Hong mm. Kong was like, and it was like... I'm sure they yeah, mentioned jungles and, like, wild animals just roaming around. Yeah, I bet. Like, people doing karate and, like, Hong Kong and stuff and mm. that, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but the scene with the Abbot that was, like, originally cut out until, like, one of the home video... One of the anniversary home video DVD releases has... You know, that's just Bruce Lee's words you know it's blat- yeah. blatantly written by Bruce Lee so I don't know why yeah. people are getting this Bruce Lee didn't revise the script bollocks from because of course he did and I'd believe yeah. Linda Lee over Wikipedia <laughs> just pretty much all these lines I suppose like at the start of the film yeah like mm. he's going on about the philosophy and stuff it you know and like fighting without the art of fighting all that that's all him yeah totally so basically <laughs> yeah. uh, but a few, a few familiar phrases 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 a few familiar faces returned from Lee's previous movies, like Bob Wall is back as O'Hara, um, or I just like to consider it's his brother from Where the Dragon. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like how he's got the same scar and stuff. It's just like they, they just saw that in that film. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Let's yeah. give him a scar again. Yeah, look pretty cool. Let's do it again. <laughs> and uh, Tony Liu from uh, every Bruce Lee movie up to this point, a Saxon's opponent during the tournament who gets punched mm. right in the dick hole. Golden Harvest also smartly featured their top female star, Angela Mao, in a brief but memorable role as Lee's sister. The film released only a week after Lee's death was a smash hit, staying at the number one spot for four weeks in the US and uh, making a worldwide star at Lee. But we'll get Al the post End of the Dragon jazz after the review. Mm-hmm. So, say, so, what is the story of End of the Dragon? To sort of summarise the main point, a wealthy crime lord named Han holds a martial arts tournament on his private island every three years. This presents a rare opportunity for those investigating his shady business practices. So Bruce Lee's character is enlisted not only to investigate the island and find evidence of crime, but also to seek justice for the Shaolin Temple, who was responsible for Han's martial arts training and feels somewhat culpable for his criminal activities. Mm. Hey, I hope you haven't spent all that money you won from me yesterday. 
I plan to win it back. Oh, how? You'll find out after you've lost it. You seem to be very much at home here, Mr. Roper. Huh? This guy Hans got a great sense of hospitality and a fantastic sense of style. Yeah, it's great. Then why are you so apprehensive? Apprehensive? No, I was just wondering whether it was okay to drink the water. Mr. Roper, don't con me. Wanna bet? So I guess we'll start. I want to start with the opening scene because it was like the final thing that was shot that Bruce shot, I think, himself mm. a little while after the uh, production had wrapped. And like, you hear stories. Um, there's not many pictures of Bruce like pro post Enter the Dragon and before his death, but you always hear stories that people saying, "Oh, well, last time I saw Bruce before he died, he looked unwell. He looked really mm. thin, and his weight is so low in the first scene. I mean, yeah. don't get us wrong; he's in great shape, but." Imagine him losing another ten pounds, and you can see why people would be like, "Christ, what the hell's wrong with him?" Type of thing. Yeah, he, I mean, he looks very sinewy. Yeah, yeah. Team, Apparently, he was like two percent body fat or something, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of kind of be healthy though. No stuff like that because you, you have problem. Apparently, I've, I've read with this weightlifters and stuff before. Like they have problem like retaining water and stuff. Mm-hmm. They get dehydrated really badly and shit. Yeah, like that. yeah. So yeah, a bit overkill. Yeah. But uh, he fights a very, very, very young Sammo Hung. He would have been about twenty-one at this point. Mm, he barely. I often think he barely looks like Sammo Hung as well in this scene. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, you, you can tell it's him if you know what you're looking for. Mm. But he just he has a very different look to him, and he's, I suppose he's just not that fat. If that's the right, he looks quite slender in this actually. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, still, he still, he's still got the Sammo belly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got long hair as well, which is a look yeah. you rarely see him as ever yeah. past this point. And you get Yoon Wah doing the first of his Dublin duties. He does a kip-up, I think, and then the big somersault at yeah. the, uh, the end of the fight, which is always quite a nice moment. It's great, though. It's a great opening to, like, established Lee straight off to an American audience who would never, ever have seen a, a Chinese actor like this before in their life. So Yeah. And also, it's like, I guess it's essentially an MMA fight, isn't it? Which is like... Yeah, with the gloves, yeah. Yeah, which is always a, a bit crazy. I mean, I always try to shy away from the whole he's the grandfather of MMA and all yeah, that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's kind of true, but not really, but it's, you know. No. But it is kind of cool, you know, like, it was, it's, it's, I mean, I don't quote this because I, I fucking don't know, but, you know, MMA was still a long way off being established as a sport and stuff on TV and not stuff yet. in yeah, media, so yeah. it's pretty cool to see it, like, in that format on, on the big screen. Mm. So, yeah, pretty mad. Definitely. <laughs> and you get the the training scene which is one, you know, one of the most quoted and famous bits in the film the guy who he's training I can't remember his name I meant to look it up but he went on to become um, he's an action director on Better Tomorrow right. went on to become an action director and work with John Woo loads yeah right. hell of a career start with Bruce Lee and then go on to John Woo it's pretty insane yeah but such a you know numerous quotable parts in this like uh, do not concentrate on the finger and all that stuff it's fucking awesome <laughs> How did it feel to you? Let me think. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Do you understand? Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. Because the Mr. Braithwaite bit, who may be the most British person ever in a movie. Yeah, Jeffrey Weeks, bless him. Mm. Good dear, Lord. Good, good man. No, He's like, um, do you like some tea? He's like, 
Yes. That's very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I always think like, that line really sticks out. <laughs> just because there's a big gap and then just, I must be British now. It's very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just watching the, the mysterious foreign man teach his magical arts to a youngster. <laughs> I always love his face when he's watching it. Yeah. Like, he went home to his wife and was like, I was with a Korean gentleman today. <laughs> <laughs> totally back then, it would be. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's pretty crazy that this whole scene is it like 11 minutes or something it takes so like, a long time yeah for the credits so like the credits don't even start yeah it's always i always forget about that really <laughs> i hate the same as me like the score is easily one of the best scores of all time yeah and now you like me like anytime you want every time it doesn't matter how many times you see it every time you watch the film and the fucking dead first kicks in i get yeah. excited <laughs> yeah totally every time i'm like oh yeah they hit a wah! Yeah. I love how they use the battle cries in the actual score. It's such a nice mm. touch. Yeah, it's, it is one of the best martial arts. Uh, like, well, it probably is the best martial arts theme tune. Like, yeah, totally. All time. Well, I guess we'll get on to the, the three main characters in the film. You've got Lee, obviously, Shaolin Monk. Uh, you've got Roper, played by John Saxon, aka yeah. the coolest guy in the world, to be quite <laughs> fair. I've always, uh, I've always loved a bit of Saxon. Yeah. Uh, he's just, uh, Saxon's character is essentially just a gambling addict who seems to only go that he's been invited to the tournament obviously because he's a martial artist but he seems to only go because you know he probably thinks he's got a crack at winning the, like fixed matches and shit and yeah. just to escape loan sharks because he's kind of like when he's like you better confirm that fight to hong kong it seems like he's been thinking about maybe not going and then as soon as someone threatens to break his legs he's like i'm going to hong kong yeah it's, it's funny isn't it really he's just escaping the mafia that's, yeah that's actually the only reason i always think it, like i think we've talked about this before and previously reviewing the film but like the parallels with the mortal kombat film yeah he's johnny cage isn't he? yeah like it really struck me on, on re-watching it the dragon this time like is that is mortal kombat the film so watchable for the first sort of like act yeah because it just rips off and yeah pretty much <laughs> you know and that's fucked up because yeah. like after that really it kind of uh, like meanders the film and it's yeah. not that good but the, the setup of that movie like the first 30 to 45 minutes is yeah. actually quite good but when you think about yeah, it it's just, just rips dragon, off yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like fucking hell and I, like it, it is obvious to us but i guess i just never really analyzed that fucking comparison it's crazy i was like that they did that with mortal kombat because the game's obviously inspired by end of the dragon for a large part yeah. when they came to do the movie they obviously just thought well why don't we just use the end of the dragon template it, it's, it's perfect for the film so yeah boats and martial arts on an island and all that sort of stuff yeah even just the fact that you've got like the flash i mean in mortal kombat they're not flashbacks but the the little scenes to set up the the like the main characters mm-hmm. and stuff it's, yeah yeah it's crazy such a, such a crazy comparison and we've got uh, the late jim kelly uh with a character that pretty much become like you know when you think of a black martial artist in movies you think of jim Kelly, because he was the first, pretty much, you know. He didn't really have a yeah. black martial arts hero before Into the Dragon. And that's why, like, what I was saying in the, the Game of Death, uh, you know, review that we did, like, how Game of Death probably would have been even more international, because mm. it, it, it's just such a great thing to see, like, you know, a Chinese leading man, an American film, an American co-star, and a, a, an African-American doing martial arts. It's such a, you know, for the 70s, it was fucking crazy progressive, yeah. really. Totally, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, speaking of the score, though, one of my favourite moments in the film is when it's, you know, they're all on the boats, heading mm-hmm. towards the junk and stuff. You get Lee's flashback, you get Robers, then the camera pans along to Williams, and as soon as it does the score, like, it's just like, get the wah-wah pedal out, it's <laughs> brilliant. Stuff, yeah. it's, it's, it's ten <laughs> times more funky when it goes on Jim Kelly, it's awesome. <laughs>
uh, but I said, I mean, this is the only part that's a, li- a little bit underdeveloped. Is like, uh, but I suspect it's because, and I do believe this bit of trivia that like Jim Kelly and, and Saxon's characters were, were like flipped. Yeah, I read that. I didn't know that yet until doing a bit yeah. of research that it was supposed to be Roper that died, and that it would have yeah. been Jim Kelly surviving with Bruce Lee, which would have made the end fight a bit different. Because yeah. John Saxon does fine in the film, but he's not a martial artist, and Jim Kelly yeah. is. So I imagine his fight would have been a bit more... A bit better, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim Kelly's like, set up as kind of like, he's a black guy in a bit of a racist situation where the police are hustling him, mm. and he ends up chaining two cops, so he has to flee to Hong Kong to get away from it, basically. Mm. And it's well, a pretty he, quick setup. He was, he was already going at that point. That's why the batter him, really. Mm. He's like, where are you going to Hong Kong? You're not going to Hong Kong. We're going to police brutality for a bit which is this kind yeah. of, it's a bit still always uncomfortable I'd say it is a bit grim it's kind of funny though that like he's he gets attacked because he's going to Hong Kong and he goes to Hong Kong to get away from the fact that he attacked police I don't know it's like chicken or the egg yeah, <laughs> thing, if you think about it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you one thing though without skipping forward I mean we're not doing this scene by scene so it doesn't really matter but and yeah. hopefully if some people have, uh, most people have seen this before so we're going to spoil some things uh Jim Kelly's, well, we already have, really. <laughs> Jim Kelly's death scene yeah. always disturbed the shit out of me. Like, when I was a kid, because it's, uh, so, it's so weird. It's like... Yeah, I mean, you've got the fact that actually, the way he dies, yeah. you know, with all the women laughing and That's the fact what I mean. he yeah. pummeled, like, he just gets clubbed to death. Just gets basically. his head crushed in with a big metal hand, yeah, from... But then, like, I don't know, the, the nastiness of the reality when, like, you know, John Saxon's walking along having a conversation, mm. he turns a corner and there, there's, like, Jim Kelly just strung up like a piece of meat or yeah, and with chains above like I'm guessing it's supposed to be is it acid or like lime or something I always assumed acid yeah it's pretty nasty man <laughs> but yeah just the way the music gets a bit darker and like trippier and then they're all just laughing off the face on drugs while he's getting the shit beat out of them with the weird light and it's such an effective like, it, it probably it just it always I always feel the same way as I saw it when I was a kid I was really uh, like confused by that scene when I was a kid because he's a pretty cool character as well isn't he I he's guess awesome, you don't yeah. you don't really expect him to die that mm. quickly and stuff nah definitely not it is defeat that you must learn to prepare for. I don't waste my time with it. When it comes, I won't even notice. Oh, how so? I'll be too busy looking good. Uh, but Kelly wasn't even the original. The original actor was called Rockney Tarkenton, who dropped yeah. out literally days before they were going to shoot, and Jim Kelly was like a last-minute replacement. I think it was like <laughs> four days before they were set to shoot in Hong Kong. So it was his first. Yeah, so. I think he'd had one brief role in a film, and then but this was his first major role. So, and you can't really, considering his swagger and confidence, you can't really tell it's his first no, major just role. Yeah. yeah, really good. Because after this, he'd go into some black exploitation stuff and uh, the Black Belt Jones movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he carved a career up himself as a kung fu star and of course he got Han uh, as I said former member of Shaolin Temple he played by the great Set Gein who was the usually the villain in all the old Wang Fei Hung black and white Wang Fei Hung movies back in the yeah. 40s and 30s 40s 50s I imagine yeah he does a great uh, job as well excellent excellent villain just his, his face like the fact that he doesn't really have that many lines in the film that much mm. like in terms of you know I mean he has a few big scenes when he's talking about his drugs now but when he's at his most evil he's just like doing that peery like look over the courtyard he's got, and stuff. such an evil like grimace when he smiles even <laughs> yeah. when he's not being evil like I always find that he looks most evil when uh, Betty Chung comes and gives him some grips and he gives yeah. her a double take and then smiles at him like even eating, eating grapes he looks evil <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you just don't know what he's going to do the bastard <laughs> yeah I do yeah. always like that like you know the trivia that you can tell with the dubbing that like he knew no English and was just like phonetically saying his lines the best he could 
yeah. for the benefit of like Saxon and whoever he was in a scene with. So there's, like, mm. there's, there's times where you're like, what the hell did he even try and say there? <laughs> yeah. so the, the Dublin doesn't match at all. Forgot about that. Yeah, he was just mouthing the words when he basically. Yeah, just the best he could. He just didn't. I don't even <laughs> think he probably didn't even know what he was saying. But that's for other standout moments. I mean, you gotta love the the scene where they just parade halls in front of Lee, Roper, and Williams for a mm. bit of for a bit of loving. <laughs> yeah, Saxon obviously chooses the uh, the main one. Anna Capri. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, that's that's what I mean about Saxon. That's probably the smoothest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like pick one, he just stares at her with his fucking brandy, and he's like, oh, "I already have." And you're like, "Oh, Saxon, even our ten gave me." <laughs> I always uh, with this bit as well. I always uh, think with Jim Kelly when he, you know, when he's picking like the few women and stuff, which also is quite funny. He's got like an appetite and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I always think the Rush Hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's blatant <laughs> reference in Rush Hour. Yeah. With Chris Tucker there, and I just always think like, damn, don't like, don't jump in front of it. Does he say like a black guy in a buffet line yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> something like that. The line. I love that line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. I funny. feel like one one of the. Um, ladies though i don't know whether she was told to act like this or she just thought it was real mm. i think it's in roper's lineup it pans across them all they're all smiling there's one there who looks about six foot and she's got this look on her face and say like, you fucking touch me i'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah there is one that like probably looks unhappy i remember yeah, yeah. do i bother you don't waste yourself what's your style my style you can call it the art of fighting without fighting. The art of fighting without fighting? Show me some of it. Later. The one scene that I, I did want to like mention, touch mm-hmm. on the bit, the bit on the boat with Parsons. <laughs> I always laugh at. You mean fucking Australian Sean Connery? Is that what you <laughs> yeah. What's your style? <laughs> yeah. He's like, the art of fighting without fighting. <laughs> I note him down. Yeah, he's one of my favourite just random dickish characters ever. <laughs> he's just a massive dick for no reason. Yeah, just like kicking that guy who's got fucking like a, a basket full of oranges and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I just love when he walks up to Bruce Lee and just starts throwing punches in his face and Bruce Lee looks at him just like, fuck you, do it. <laughs> like, God. Uh, and I just love his comeuppance, obviously, when he gets on the on the little uh, boat and gets put out to sea at the back of the uh, the junk. Yeah. Funny. I love the bit when he shakes his fist like a dad as well. Mm. Like, oh, you bastards. <laughs> That's what I like about his... It, I'm thinking he's, he is supposed to be an Australian fighter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, they mentioned that because, like, because he's from New Zealand, isn't he? Or something oh, it's New Zealand. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, because his accent's all over the place. It is though. Yeah, I mean, probably because he's. I mean, I'm assuming he, he's not dubbed by himself in the film. Probably he might not, be. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> they've probably just identified he was from New Zealand. Went, oh, try and do an Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, because it so it sounds New Zealand Australian when he's talking to Bruce Lee, apart from the random Sean Connery-ness of "What's your style?" Yeah, and then when he's on the boat, though, he goes all cocky. He's like, "What the bloody hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I guess they probably just forgot what a, an Australian accent sounds like, a New Zealand accent. <laughs> that is a good scene, though, and the whole uh, fight without fighting thing and stuff, and just putting them on the boat. Yeah, yeah, it's again clever because, like, you know, it's bringing a, a bit of reality, a bit of what Bruce Lee like actually believed in. You know, like the the art of, of fighting without a style of fighting. Mm. But then it kind of like turned it into a bit of a joke. Like the art of fighting is literally he doesn't fight him; he just tricks him into getting on the boat and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's quite a nice like scene, really. It seems like they set that up. I mean, they only really give one Bruce one fight in the tournament, but it kind of seems like they're setting that up for Bruce and him to fight later on. But he fights um, Williams. He fights. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah maybe Williams. Williams yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Right, uh, the action, which is a lot of action in the film. There is. With the exception of the opening fight with Samuel. The first major action uh, after the opening is the Angela Mao flashback, which mm. is a great scene. It's grim as out, but you know. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere, really. So mm. just potentially about to get raped so she chooses to kill herself yeah. I mean, you really think about it you're like it's, it's horrible. That's dark. <laughs> it's horrible yeah but I just like how the the father is just a badass with a fucking switchblade in his black pocket he's just like I'll cut your face if you come near us <laughs> yeah. yeah technically he could have instigated that whole thing maybe I don't know he kind of did let's be honest come on maybe he's just going to push them about and not even do that much but yeah, once maybe. like Bob Wall got his face cut. He was like, you know what, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, chances are there were going to be a bunch of rowdy, like a bunch of lads on a Ibiza holiday. Mm. They would have been like, Fwah, uh, nice blouse and all that. And the, but then he's like, I'm, fuck this shit, and cuts his face. He's like, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the, the start of the decline of O'Hara from I that, think, from I that think day on. Before that, he was a nice bloke. <laughs> 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 and you fucked up his good looks. Can't grow a beard properly anymore. <laughs> just totally giving him a random backstory. <laughs> but I tell you that that swift kick in the nut she gives one guy, Jesus, that always makes me fucking double up. That looks so. It's yeah. the stunt doubles reaction. He bends over and hits the ground so quick, it looks really painful. It's, it is a really cool scene as it well. It is, like, yeah, it's just yeah. awesome, Angela Mali. I started. Well, I've never seen apart from the Dragon and maybe one other. I'd never seen many of her movies until I think it was last year, and I got a bunch of them. She's so good. Very late, I've said before. Very pretty as well. Yes, yeah, very it's hell of a screen print, and you wouldn't mess with it when she's got that look in her face. You're like shit. <laughs> she's got that Bruce Lee look of like one tiny look and you're like right all them are fucked pretty much <laughs> I always get annoyed though doesn't matter how many times I watch it I always get fucked off at that old woman who shuts her window mm, what a bitch yeah. I mean what, what's happened to like you know Chinese like brotherhood and all that sort of stuff sitting together <laughs> fuck's sake she just stands there watches for her just going <sighs> and as soon as she approaches like, oh, no, I'm not into this <laughs> <laughs> bitch uh, but considering this is a scene with a lot of stuntmen. It's probably a good time to talk about, like, spot the stuntman in this film. It's ridiculous. Mm, yeah. It's a great film to play, Spot Lam Ching Ying. <laughs> yeah. He plays about eight different characters. There's a lot of people, like, and obviously Jackie Chan appears in it, like, three times or something. Like. Yeah, yeah. Probably more, but you just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Likely, yeah. yeah. But Lam Ching Ying plays a tournament fighter. He sat next to Jim Kelly at one point. He mm. plays two of Han's guards, and he doubles uh, Shek Sekin in the final battle. Yeah all over the place. Bruce obviously must have, you know, had a lot of trust in him. Mm-hmm. To put him all over the film. Especially a double to fight him double and hand at the end and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you got Jackie in there, is a the guy who gets his neck broken and gets hit with a uh, the stick with the infamous story. Jackie chances he really got hit in the head with the bow staff and stuff. Yeah. Uh but I've also I also think it I've saw him say that he it might be in his autobiography he says he got we went through a window at one point, so it could be him that he hits over the back of the head and he goes over the railing. Yeah, I think so, yeah. You don't get yeah, a good the, look at the stunt guy's face, so... The leg smashes the window or something. Yeah, or whatever, so that yeah. could be him. Yeah. Uh, you got Samuel, obviously. Uh, Yoon Biu is one of the fighters. You see him twice in the film, I think. He gets a kick off Bruce Lee at the end. Yoon Wah, yeah. obviously. Yoon Wah actually gets his face on screen this time at the banquet. <laughs> yeah. You got Peter Chan from the rest of all the other Bruce Lee films. He's one of the Japanese students. Tai Po Chung Fat. Mars as well, who mm. um, gets yeah. battered by Bolo. <laughs> yeah. The rather brutal scene where Bo- uh, they're like, yeah, my guards are shite, so Bolo's going to kill you all, basically. Yeah, I was thinking that bit where, like, the, the last guy is the, the worst person, really. Because mm-hmm. the other people, you know, they just get neck snaps. But he just literally just crushes a guy. <laughs> folds <laughs> him just, up? <laughs> just picks him up and fucking folds mm-hmm. him, yeah. And it's like, oh, what a way to die. <laughs> and Bolo is, you know, 
facially one of the most terrifying people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. Like, I would think like he embodies a dragon, like yeah. almost yeah. in his face. Yeah, that that crazy face he does with his teeth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the hell of like the the <laughs> like the arched eyebrows and stuff. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, especially when he's yeah. pulling that guy's hair back and snapping his neck backwards and stuff. And you're like, oh for fuck's sake, poor. Poor, poor little henchman that didn't have a chance against Bruce Lee. But, I mean, that's one of the strengths of the, the film, really. The, the, the great choice in henchmen, you know, with, with like Bob Wall and stuff. Uh, mm. Those two in particular, they're the really strong casting, uh, yeah. really stand out. So it's nice to see that, like, you know, you've got the, the you've got Bruce Lee, John Saxon and Jim Kelly, but then you've got, like, uh, Bob Wall uh, and... Uh, Thinny Bolo and I suppose uh, the the main would be like Han uh, like Sir Ken, is it Ken Sin is his name whatever is it uh, um, so it's, it's I don't know it's not getting too technical but it's kind of nice like 3v3 sort of three yeah. main characters three good guys three bad guys sort of thing but I'm always disappointed I know I obviously know it's going by I think the first time I saw it I was always disappointed that it was Roper versus Bolo instead of Bruce versus Bolo mm, yeah because uh like we've already said, he's not the world's best martial artist or anything like that. Mm. That's a good job, though, for a guy yeah. that's obviously taught probably by Bruce. Yeah, so yeah, and uh, probably very quickly, yeah. But, you know, that each one he said, each one gets a, a throwdown, but you got to remember, I mean, it's, it's, all this is always remembered as, like, starring Bruce Lee. He is the main character, but it's really, it's an ensemble piece. It's a, because each person gets their own equal amount of screen yeah. time, you know what I mean? Which they probably yeah. did, you know, because to be smart, I guess, to appeal to everybody. I mean, probably, that's probably one of my minor criticisms of the film, is that, like, it it it, it does do it, but it, I don't know, you, you really have to think about it to remind yourself it's a film about three characters. Yeah, but I think There's that's some, just because Bruce Lee, though. You know? Yeah, it's probably just, a, you're such a big screen presence and stuff, and... Uh, yeah, it just there's something missing in the story that really ties it together and mm. makes it like a, a three a three man gang. I almost wish that they had like a proper scene together, like the three of them, where they yeah. all, where they fought together yeah, I against think the bad guys or something. Maybe because there's that exchange at the end between Saxon and Lee where they give each other a thumbs up. It almost seems like there's a scene missing where they came up with a plan or yeah. They let each other know oh, shit. We're gonna have to do something about this tomorrow. But yeah, there should have been more scenes with them being friendly because there's only really two scenes where Saxon and Lee talk yeah yeah they did need a bit more character development between yeah. the characters but you know but you know minor criticism really oh, yeah. aside yeah uh, but, but just one thing about more thing about the stuntman my favourite stuntman it's like one of the highlights of the film for me because it's just this one stuntman that just marks the fuck out in the background <laughs> when, when Bruce Lee does the when the battle kicks off at the end and they all start surrounding them mm. and Bruce Lee does the classic quick three kicks that like he doesn't wear the dragon yeah. One guy in the background just starts, like, fucking cracking up laughing, like, with excitement. I always love that. Give an eye for it. He's just the guy yeah, right in the middle yeah. of the frame. He just goes, ah! just, like, loves it so much. <laughs> I know there's, there's loads to, to watch out for in the end. Like, yeah, yeah. There's the stuff like, uh, the, like, the fight you see Bruce Lee, like, coordinating right. at one point <laughs> <Yeah>. and stuff. <laughs> it's just because there's so much going on and it's such a wide shot. Yeah. You, like, you can rewatch some of the scenes and, like, see different things in the background each time. Yeah, it's great. Kind of cool. I love the story that uh, I think it's Fred Weintraub says on like, maybe Curse the Dragon. Where he said like, it was kind of weird shooting in Hong Kong because you do things like you'd finish half a scene, come back the next day, and you'd be like, "Where the hell's the couch that we had yesterday? Oh, we, we sent it back to the warehouse. Well, can you get it back now? Nah, they sold it. <laughs> so yeah. We had to get a different couch, and they were like, "How the hell do they make films like this?" <laughs> <laughs> and they, they filmed half of the big battle at the end, mm. and the next day they were like, "Right, uh, we need all the white costumes and the costume department." We're like, "Oh, we sent them to the cleaners. They were dirty." <laughs> They were like, well, we need to shoot now? 
<laughs> so they had to send someone to the dry cleaners to bring them back, and like, all the stunt guys were just wearing soaking wet costumes for the rest of the fight and stuff. They're all mad. Yeah. <laughs> I love the uh, the fact, though, as well, that all the guys dressed in black at the end of the film, they're all supposed to be, like, emancipated old drunken bums who yeah. don't literally don't care where they end up. But as soon as they're released from the cage, they're all, like, <laughs> fucking become younger by 20 years and can fight all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Lam, Lam Ching Ying's one of those as well, so that's another role for him. Because <laughs> yeah, I always, like, I always forget myself at the end of the film and think, where do these guys in black come from? And yeah. I think, oh, yeah, they're supposed to be the fucking guys from the, the, the jail cells, but when all those, like, supposed to be old bums? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are they all suddenly young martial artists now? Uh, but what are your standout fight scenes in the film? I mean, apart from, you know, I guess you could say all of them, but you know, your, main, your main picks. Mm. Well, probably the main one with the, uh, the nunchucks, I guess. Like, like, I don't see where he takes on, like, 50 guys and That's, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be on it. But, I mean, I will say probably my favourite scene in the movie is the Hall of Mirrors scene. To be honest, technically, I still don't know how the hell they pulled it off. And with that much, you'd have to have a hell of a lot of patience to set up. I think they used something like eight thousand mirrors or something. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor, anyway. But pretty crazy, like, and really nicely done. And just a, I don't know, like a nice. Rather than just having like a drawn out fight, rather than just or just rather than having Bruce Lee just chin him, hmm. uh, I don't know. It's like it's just coming up with an any idea, a visually interesting scene where he does eventually. F- beat the bad guy with yeah. like one kick <laughs> mm, definitely yeah uh, they're really cool but that underground fight with the guards it, it is that's probably my favourite moment of the film yeah it's got to be on it it's yeah. basically like a showreel of what Bruce can do it's like everything he's got he's using sticks he's using bow staff he's using nunchucks he's using his hands and his feet it's awesome yeah it kind of just brings uh, like the previous like four films together doesn't it basically. yeah pretty much yeah and I love that moment where he comes out of the the thing where he's sending the SOS thing Morse code yeah and yeah. then that guy he has a brief fight and then that moment where it just goes into slow motion the music gets really fucking eerie <laughs> yeah yeah there's some crazy things going on with the, the music in this film at points mm. like <laughs> yeah that, that's almost scored like a horror movie it makes Bruce look like the bad guy <laughs> yeah like especially when he like jumps on someone and breaks the neck and yeah, stuff and all yeah, yeah. but I, I do always laugh at that um the scene where he just puts the cobra in the control room with them guys. She's not sneaky bastard. Because I just like to imagine their thought process of like, fucking hell, a snake opened the door and let itself in and then shut it behind us. <laughs> like, they wouldn't think a guy snuck in there. So they're, they're in no. panic, I just like the way straight away, the first thing he thinks of is, I'm putting the chair through the window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just breaks the window and legs it. Yeah, yeah and Bruce's great reaction, just like leaning on his hand, looking bald outside and stuff. Apparently that snake bit him, didn't it? According to the trivia as well. Yeah, it did, point. yeah. Yeah, but it was devenomized, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Pretty mad. <laughs> uh, but, um, but another thing about the score is, I love how it uses Chinese motifs in it without being stereotypical. It does them in an original way, where you can tell, obviously, it's influenced by Chinese music, but it's not like, you know, fucking typical, none of that shit, none of that annoying borderline racist shit. I just love the, like, the 70s funk to it as well. Oh, yeah. But like you said, while still being, like, oriental as well. mm yeah, really cool. There's a really crazy, like, fucking alien sting in the movie as well, which mm. is weird. You know, the, uh, in Aliens, when there's, like, a... Like, noise. Like, I don't know what it is. It's, like, a, a mix of instruments all yeah. at once. That's, like, in the film, like, three or four times. And I was thinking, that's really weird, like, piece of, like, music to use in a film like mm. this, but it's cool. <laughs> that's a great thing about Shifford scores in the 70s. They were insane. Yeah. They were just, like, not what you did. Well, I guess for the time they were kind of typical of movie scores, but just he was kind of a pioneer of that, like, using funk and traditional... And jazz as well. I think he was mainly known as a jazz composer before this. And I could say that and his Dirty Harry score are just some of the most funkiest soundtracks you'll ever hear. <laughs> 
I'll show yeah. the Bruce versus O'Hara fight. I mean, there's the whole story that they used real glass with the balls. Yeah. And he accidentally cut Bruce's hand in one take, and then the story went around that Bruce was genuinely fucked off, and that's mm. why the, the kick to the chest is so real, because it was a receipt, but that's bullshit, apparently. I doubt, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, doubt, I doubt that highly from what I've heard and yeah. read about interviews and stuff with it, from, yeah. like, not just Bob Wall, but also, like, you know, other people. But mm. saying that, like, the reason why he, Bruce Lee liked Bob Wall so much was because he, Bob Wall was a, obviously a real martial art, arts champion and stuff. Yeah. And, and he was willing to take real hits. Yeah. Basically. So, and, and Bruce Lee was, like, a very a very apologetic person for, like, whenever... And, he, you know, he made mistakes himself. Oh, in course, people yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't see him being pissed off to the point that he would want to really kick someone like that. No yeah. way. Apparently the story was created on the set by Robert Klaus to get a bit of excitement on the set. That's what Bob Wall says. Yeah. And, like, Bob Wall went up to Bruce Lee after hearing the rumours... And he was like, wow, yeah, you're really pissed at us. You're going to kill us and stuff? He's like, nah, it's bullshit. Don't believe it. But I think Bruce maybe had said the Chinese stuntmen, like, played it up a little bit just because of the, he says it's more to do with the loss of face type of thing. And that yeah. he was like, oh, I can't, I can't, can't kill him. We need him for the film type of thing. So <laughs> Bruce kind of played along, but I don't, I, I seriously doubt he was fucked off at Bob Wall and, like, wanted to kill him and stuff. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't seem in match with his character. Nah, though, not really. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, Either either way, whichever story is true, it still results in an awesome on-screen kick. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't know how his chest didn't cave in, because I think they did it a couple of times. Yeah. And, of course, it's that story that on one take, you hit him that hard that when Bob Wall fell into the stuntmen catching him, one of them broke either one or both their arms, depending on which story you believe. I mean, I do kind of raise my eyebrow at that. Like, I kind of like think, yeah, you know, there's like stories like one of them literally turned to dust and that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> one of them imploded and was never seen again. One of, one of them was kicked so hard that his future child hit, felt the impact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the one, I mean, we've talked about this throughout the, uh, throughout the, the re- reviews, but Bruce Lee does attract a certain amount of mythology that is only going to get worse as the years pass by as course, well. Course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually, it's going to be like, oh, fucking, he, he actually like killed someone. Like in like twenty, thirty years, that rumor will probably be about like a stuntman died from a hit that he, he got from Bruce Lee and stuff. The most annoying thing that always pops up on Facebook and stuff is that f- new footage, faked footage of Bruce Lee playing table tennis with nunchucks, and everyone thinks it's fucking real. <laughs> have you seen that no. it's like black and white made it look like old black and white footage in his game yeah. of death outfit playing table tennis with nunchucks and I'm like well people stop fucking sharing this please it's not real it's people man mm. <laughs> but yeah the part of the, about the arms breaking the, I think the way Bob Wall describes it is it's he describes it as it more believably if you want to believe it that yeah. the stuntman's arm was caught got caught in one of the chairs as he was falling and that's how his arm broke yeah. I think that's what he says. Because the trivia literally goes, like, from the power of the impact, the guy that caught him, both his arms broke. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, really? Yeah, it was more to do with the impact than the fall. It yeah. probably broke his arm. Yeah. 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 It's a good story, I suppose. It is. It's a good story, yeah. And there's always that story uh, about the guy that, like, jumped down off the wall and challenged him to a fight midway yeah. through. I've still. heard about four different versions of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, it's a great story that, like, attracts a certain amount of mythology to yeah. it. The three versions I've heard is, there's one that Linda Lee tells, and she said she was there and saw it, so I'd probably yeah. believe her. She said he, a guy was constantly, you know, taunting him throughout the day. Yeah. And it's always a guy who jumped off a wall, so it's obviously all the same story that's been, you know, piped up over the years. Yeah. She said he had sort of a friendly sparring match with him, and to the point where, like, 
he wasn't he said he wasn't malicious and he didn't hit him hard and it was more of a like see eventually the guy was like fuck okay you are good yeah. There's another version which says that the guy jumped down, the challenge each other, I think, to throw a kick each. The guy thought he hadn't been hit and then spit out all his teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that you always hear. Yeah, and there's the other one that, like, Bruce Lee basically tied him in knots and just kept fucking hitting him and made him say, like, made him give up. So, who the hell knows? I'd, I'd go with the first one, to be honest. The way I have it in my head is that they were just about a film. But then there was a shout, and Bruce Lee looked up into the sun, and there was a guy on the wall, like, with the sun behind him, and he jumps down, and there's, like, loads of lines all over the screen, and, like, words <laughs> streak towards the camera that say, a new challenger appears, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> like, fucking some bit out of Scott Pilgrim or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's the way I always imagine it, basically. Yeah. I mean, the, the Fred Weintraub and stuff, I think Robert Klaus has said, like, you know, the, the guys were challenging him on set, and Bruce was like, okay, and then, and then they kept him to go, which what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, like you can't just fight in the middle of a fucking move. We've got to see the shoot and stuff. So there's loads of stories. It's hard. It, you're never going to know the truth because everyone wants to have their own special Bruce Lee story. Yeah. So you know, but it's it's great though. It, it is. Yeah, it's always good to read about those stories. You, know, you got to take them with a pinch of salt, I suppose. Totally. Uh, but the the final battle with Han. Speaking of kicks, Jesus. I mean that fight that. That huge oh, wound up kick he gives up with the head. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah, for like I don't even you know, some people criticize that it's a dummy and stuff, but oh, yeah. you you couldn't have genuinely kicked of course not. anyone with that amount of force <laughs> safely. So fair dues they use a dummy, and if anything, I think it makes it look better. I mean if it's it, it's almost unintentionally funny because it's so ridiculous that that would literally kill a man, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it just always makes a smile. It's just such a good moment. And then, like, literally two seconds later, hands getting up, like, oh, bloody hell, I did. Yeah, or really, you bet. <laughs> you have no head, yeah. to be honest. No, it is a great kick, though. Yeah, such Jesus, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. I always love it. Uh, I always remember, like, you loved the bit as well when Bruce ducks under the uh, the hand cabinet. And then pops up, like, oh. and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Head quick. laughs> It just looks like you fucking take the piss out of him, to be honest. <laughs> But yeah, that whole, uh, we've already uh, talked about it briefly, but yeah, the whole of mirrors thing is a, yeah. an awesome bet. Of course, that's a bit, you know, that makes more sense now with the Abbott scene being reinstated when he explains, like, the, the enemy only has illusions and all that stuff and they added yeah. all that back in with the, uh, that's why he smashes the mirrors because in the original cut he just kind of went, oh, fuck, ah, he's using his reflection, I'll smash the mirrors, so. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, foreshadowing, like, the start of the movie, it sets it up, the mm. whole, like, illusions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, you know, it comes full circle at the end. It, it's it's nice movie making when films do that, but not yeah. in a fucking like in your face sort of way. No, uh, I, I even like the stuff like the fact you get the spear, have a bit of a fight. He throws the spear through the wall, mm. and obviously that sets up the mechanic for his death at the end. Yeah, which is really cool and quite clever as well. Yeah, but I remember watching it with my dad once. Like, maybe dad rarely watched films together, but one time we watched Enter the Dragon. It was quite fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the end when he kicks him on the spike, my dad was just being a right sock. He must say, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I was like, no, you didn't, dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because it's not done in, like, an over-the-top way, to be yeah, honest, no. the, the spear in the wall waiting. Not like in a sort of a Bond film or something where yeah. it would be, like, abundantly obvious what was going to happen. Yeah, it's always class. I've been meaning to like mention this throughout, but like, was it a good time to to mention? Like, I think there was one time like with my dad. It might have been Enter the Dragon, or it might have just been like Where the Dragon or something. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, and like my dad came in the room, and I was watching like you know, so it probably was like Where the Dragon. Watching like the dub version, my dad's like laughing at it, going, it's "Stupid!" 
And I was like, what? And he was like, the words don't even like match the mouths and stuff. <laughs> I just I was just like, oh, that one. Like, obviously not, because it's dubbed. Christ. <laughs> like, I don't know, I hate that mentality. Of some people like, I don't know how you watch that. It's stupid. And you're like, yeah. well, how else could they have done it? Yeah. Like, CGI'd the mouths to match the words. <laughs> yeah, 1972. Yeah. That was like, that can be so weird with shit like that. Oh, like, yeah, totally. You know, like randomly like liking something, but then randomly like insulting it another time. Yeah, my stuff. dad did that once before. Like I was watching, um, I think it was Drunken Master Two in the living room. My dad came in, and was he wasn't in a mood, or and he was just like, "Oh, dude, turn this shit off, will you?" And I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> so I went, got in a strap, left the room, and then like a couple of days, a week, I can't remember how long it was. A couple of weeks later, I was walking through the living room, and the trailer for Rumble in the Bronx was on the telly. It was coming on Sky. My dad goes. Oh, it looks good there, mate. Watch that. I was like, you fucking skits. <laughs> yeah. Two days ago, you were like this bloody silly kung fu stuff, and now you're like, oh, I want to see Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> I think just yeah. when you get to a certain age, you become a dad, you just become a schizophrenic. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> One minute you're lighting something, the next you're insulting it. Yeah. I was like, that story about dad just ruined Resident Evil for you, like then Christmas Day and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, showing him, I'm like, oh, like, look how scary this game is, and that. He's all like, oh, there's a zombie under the bed. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, the, the zombies don't do that in this game. Oh, don't go near that cupboard, it'll, it'll come out the cupboard. I'm like, no, no they, they don't do that either. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah. So, what do they do? Just come around the corner and stuff. I'm like, yeah, they pretty much just walk at you in a straight line. <laughs> Like, yeah, it is kind of crap, I suppose. <laughs> uh, the limitations of that, that you know, of the time and stuff. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah, I like your dad was a forward thinker, though. He knew what they should have done. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, had I Resident guess. Evil 4 and 5 in mind back in, like, 98. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why, zombies should have been coming out of, like, under the beds and stuff at you and shit. Yeah, It would have been, like, a way worse game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way <totally>. scarier. <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap up Enter the Dragon, then. Yeah. Unless there's any other major key moments you'd like to discuss. Um... <laughs> What's what's the with throwing apples in the end throwing darts at them? Because it's bad. Kind of sad sad what's with that? He comes in. He's all like, ah, thank you, and for coming to my tournament. And please enjoy my hospitality. Watch this shit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Han couldn't think of a good segue, so he's like, I'll just I'll just do it without telling them. It'll be cool. <laughs> throwing apples, throwing darts into them. Why yeah. not? Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, I always think that's a bit grim. Uh, the lady that dies at the end. <laughs> What's for that? Yeah, Who beat her to death? Kind of like she just got trampled to death. It's a bit grim, <laughs> and it really because she was, oh, she was, she was, you know, she was on the bad guys' team, but yeah, she was rope as missus. Yeah. yeah, I just always think I was like, oh, when John Saxon like looks over and then sees her dead and kind of winces with pain. Yeah, it's pretty okay. sad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's grim. Yeah. And, uh, what happens to uh, the female agent as well? Did, did my brain switch off? No, the last, the last you see of her is where she's freeing the guys from the prison cells. Right, That's the last yeah. time you see her. You don't really see her at the end of the movie or anything, I can't remember. <laughs> she's very nice as well. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I, don't think, don't think she was an actress either, she was a singer. I think this is one of the only films nice. she ever did. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But uh, probably a bit of a loose loose string sort of storyline with her. I don't know. There probably wasn't a need for her character in the film at all, personally. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, weird. But no, I don't think that's it, really. Mm. The, just the apple thing. It always sticks to my head. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. But what else can you say? It is a, it's a yeah. goddamn classic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And such a shame, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but it would have made them and stuff, and mm. it's shitty. So as for after End of the Dragon, of course, on J- July 20th, 1973, Lee was at the home of actress Betty Ting Pei, who he was alleged to have been having an affair with. Apparently, Bruce did 
like the ladies. I'll say that. Mm. That's the that's the, the rumours. Well, you know, it comes with the territory of being a charismatic sort of quite good looking martial artist with a good body. Mm. So you know what I mean. Shit, man! If I was a Chinese lady in the seventies, I'd be all over Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, by most accounts, uh, she was going to be cast as the female lead in Game of Death. Uh, when Lee began suffering from a severe headache, a problem which had plagued him a few months earlier, where he collapsed in a um, studio doing the dub invent of the dragon. Mm. Uh, Ting Pei gave him a painkiller called Akuzi. Equajizic. There you go. Mm. Uh, Lee lay down to take a nap and unfortunately never woke up. Uh, whilst officially his death was ruled as death by misadventure, conspiracy theories have been rife ever since that he was killed by the triads, that martial arts masters had him killed, everything, anything. He's still alive, you know. Drugs, overdose. Mm. Uh, that was always something that was said at one point. Yeah, because he apparently liked a bit of hashish and there was traces yeah. of it in his stomach. And But hey, it's one of the, I don't think, if, if you don't believe the painkiller story you'll never find out the truth yeah because your truth you know what i mean we've we've talked about it previously and i, I totally just believe it. it was just one of them fucked up things he had a he took a painkiller and had a random reaction to it basically. yeah it's one of those things yeah. where like because it's a really famous guy no one likes to believe that's it one more yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it probably his health was a part of it as well like the fact that he, he probably went a bit overboard with losing weight and mm. training and stuff and he probably had some sort of like fucked up mini stroke or something as well yeah because when he collapsed months earlier, the doctor said he, his brain was swollen in the blood yeah. and that's what they said when in the autopsy that his brain was swelled up. So yeah, yeah. But uh, after a funeral in Hong Kong, which thousands gathered to pay their respects, uh, his body was taken back to Seattle, where he and his wife Linda first met to be buried. And of course, now he's buried. You can find him buried right next to Brandon Lee as well. Mm, that's yeah. something I would like to do one day. Visit the gravesite. That'd be cool. That'd be a pretty cool pilgrimage. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Something to put on the bucket list, I think. Mm. Well, obviously, uh, like we've talked about before, like along with the, with his death, pretty much killed off any the the progression that had be, like all the momentum that Hong Kong cinema had had built mm. up to that point. Like once he died, uh, Hong Kong cinema was no no longer interested in looking forward. Well, for probably a period of ten years. They were no longer interested in looking forward and being progressive. They were just trying to find a new Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, not, and, and this is the distinction. They weren't looking for the next Bruce Lee. They were just looking for a new Bruce Lee. Yeah. So someone who was like a carbon copy, basically, essentially. Mm. Uh, and it, it really fucking stunted martial arts through the 70s. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's still yeah. some classics, but, you know, it wasn't really until uh, Snake and Eagle Shadow that it was kind of yeah. like got a boost again, at least, you know. Yeah, and then just with the rise of Jackie Chan, obviously, that's mm. when it, it all started again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, a few things uh, regarding what he may have done next, like future mm. projects and stuff. Uh, a quote from Bob Warren interview says, his fifth film was going to be with Carlo Ponti, who's still alive and married to Sophia Loren. And Bruce said, hey, Bob, you get to be a good guy in the next one. The script was to have Bruce play a CIA type of guy, an international drug terrorist and uh, dealers. Now he's going to be a CIA agent who come, coming to help him. I, that's the only place I've ever read that from Bob mm. Wall so who knows yeah. uh, the George Lazenby Golden Harvest movie Stoner which came out in 1974 uh, it was also called The Shrine of Ultimate Bliss which does not sound that sounds like a Shannon Tweed movie not a until <laughs> <laughs> after dark yeah it was originally created apparently to star Bruce Lee George Lazenby and Sonny Chiba so if that's true then that would have been mental Bruce yeah. Lee and Sonny Chiba because you can imagine that would have happened eventually with Sonny Chiba being the biggest star in Japan Bruce Lee, biggest star in Hong Kong, but uh, it was planned as a huge budget film with another um, Hong Kong US co-production, but when Lee died, 
the budget was stripped down severely. They literally had fucking like millions knocked off it. Lazenby yeah. stayed on board, and Angela Mao apparently filling in for what would have been Bruce Lee's role in the movie. Mad. I've never seen that. I've always heard it though, Stoner, because it's got a fucking just genius title. <laughs> yeah, it makes you think there's something totally different. Exactly. Uh, there's also rumours in uh, from notes in Bruce Lee's diary and set visits that he was planning a move to Shaw Brothers sometime in 73, maybe. Because, mm, yeah, the, obviously the famous Raymond Chow stuff where he was like constantly shitting himself about Bruce Lee leaving and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they might have offered him a standard actor's contract before Big Boss, but at this point I'm guessing they'd be like, OK, here, uh, blank check, I would imagine. Yeah, Because yeah. there's photos that were taken, I think, I'm not sure, there's, there's, there's those famous costume test he did which the summit golden harvest with the brick wall behind him hmm. which i'm guessing was it looks like the coliseum set from where the dragons so i'm guessing it was around 1972 where he's dressed as like sort of more of a barbarian looking guy and there's one way he's like pretty much satoichi which is awesome ever seen that picture mm, no i don't think so sure so check it out just do a google yeah. search for bruce lee's satoichi it's an awesome picture yeah but there's other pictures of costume tests which are less professionally done just done quickly with a white mm. background that were apparently done at shaw brothers and he's in the more traditional shaw brothers outfit so yeah some you know there must be some truth in that if he's doing mm. costume tests at the shaw brothers studios it's weird to think that like as well if, if that had gone down like would i guess shaw brothers probably wouldn't have folded or you know might have been the bigger studio in the end over gold harvest you never know yeah it's crazy isn't it like you know the total the people talk about the butterfly effect and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know if in another reality where bruce lee didn't die you know what would have been different like would george lazenby's career have been bigger maybe and stuff as yeah. well and yeah all that sort of stuff it's crazy man yeah <laughs> it is crazy but we'll never know unfortunately that's yeah. the sad thing yeah. Yeah. so yeah that pretty much wraps up Bruce Lee month. it's been fun I've really enjoyed this month yeah definitely and you know for anyone who still hasn't really took the time to see all Bruce Lee's films uh, I highly recommend just picking them out and yeah yeah grab watch yeah, yeah, uh, so as for next month uh, we decided we're going to sort of take a semi vacation man oh my god oh my god we're going to take a vacation <laughs> uh, for August kind of we'll probably do a couple of shows because it's our third anniversary oh yes can you believe that Jazz? third anniversary on the 13th so I'm most likely be doing a show for that. And I was thinking something different. It won't happen. <laughs> but I was thinking we could do a sort of AMA type of thing like they do on Reddit with folks sending random questions. Oh, we'll try and get some. That would, yeah. that would be fun. It would be a fun, relaxed, we could have a few shandies, mm. have it a relaxed kind of show. So any question, movie-related, personal, whatever, I'm not bothered. Send in questions. If we get, like, two... We won't do that, because that would be pointless. <laughs> we'll probably get two. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we won't get any, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, two's probably optimistic. Two's t- way too optimistic. I'll get Stacey on it. <laughs> yeah. Just get Stacey to sign up for loads of email addresses and just send random questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we don't seem too too unpopular. Yeah. Yeah, we may give that a try. So yeah, if you've got any random questions, like an AMA, like an Ask Me Anything thing, they do on Reddit if you're unfamiliar with that. Mm, favourite yeah. films man yeah. stuff like that yeah anything, yeah anything but not that I'm saying we're a big deal that we're big enough to do an AMA I'm just saying that type of thing for the show yeah. just in case everyone's like fucking check your ego yeah. no even if it's just stuff like you know uh, my favourite actor is Michael Keaton what's your favourite Michael Keaton movies anything like that yeah you know, stuff like that something to, just something to explore mm. yeah. movies music literature art <laughs> anything less or, less or art <laughs> not well, yeah, we're we don't know anything about art <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Yes. Maybe there's a few bonus episodes if there's news to talk about, that type of jazz. Yeah, you never know if any trailers are going to pop up or something. Mm. Or fucking the next Tom Hiddleston movie that gets announced or something. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so yeah, that's that, folks. That's oh, that's July. Sorry, to a close. Yes. It's been fun. Been there you go. Been your favourite theme month so far? Yeah, probably just because uh, the content, man. Mm. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Well, you better be prepared for September when we're doing pre nineteen thirties movies. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking we're Castle doing Blanc we're doing that. silent movies. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, you probably make that like that's your goal in life now. Now that I've like totally said that, <laughs> you shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just do not have time for films like that. I think it, it stems from, like, being a child and, like, coming home from school and, and Dad just watching a film like that and me sat there going, oh, I'm so bored. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I turned off, man. I want to watch the DJ Cat Joe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, until we'll see you again, which will most likely be the um, oh, uh, the anniversary show. Off day show. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we'll leave, I guess, we'll leave Bruce Lee to say him off this week with a... A quote from Mr. Bruce. Very nice. Seems only, seems only fair. Mm. So until then, you take it easy and we'll see you on some Wednesday in the future. Yes. Toodle peppers. Bad, bad. Empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Hi, I'm Stacey with Anest, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafufm. Thanks for listening. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.